All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're coming at you with another one, uh, knocking out two episodes here. And again, I'm, I apologize for my sniffles and the way I sound. It is that time of year, and like I said, they are whooping me. They're up three to one, but I pushed through three one comeback, knocked out two podcasts on allergies. But uh, this one was really good. This this guy. He's been through so much, and he's only heading into his junior year. He's been through a lot. He's persevered through a lot, and he's still growing as a person. And I hope you take some stories he has of some of his low points, uh, and you can see how he has not let those affect him. He's still pushing through. He still makes the most of every day, I think. And uh, he's just been through so much, and he's still got a lot more that he's probably going to go through, but he's but he's battle-tested for it all. And uh, he's a longtime friend of the show. He listens to every episode. He's supportive of the work that we do over here. Uh, he's got a great dad who's my boss. I will never say anything bad about Ben Dominic. But uh, without further ado, here's Dylan Dominic. Welcome into another episode of Indiana Drive with Caleb Zuver. I'm your host, Caleb Zuver. And uh, Dylan, kind of a wacky time here. We recorded about two two hours ago, give or take, and I texted you about 30 minutes ago and said, Dylan, I'm going to be honest with you. I accidentally just deleted our whole conversation, and you were nice enough to show back up and let's we're not going to act like this has all been rehearsed and we're just reading off a print here. Uh, we're going to have still have a really good conversation, but how disappointed are you in me right now? I mean, I I mean I was obviously kind of upset about it, but I'm not going to lie. I think this time around, I know what to say now. I'm a little more prepared, I guess you could say. I think I think take 2 will be better to say the least. Uh your first day of school was today um how how was that you're starting your junior year uh what 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 is what does this year of school look like for you it's crazy to think that i'm already a junior and zuver was just my senior leader on the basketball team two years ago but i mean time's flying what i mean i'm back in a routine now which god knows i truly really need that finally going to sleep at a decent time no you're not you still you're still gonna call me at 12 30 at night when i'm at school this time selby won't be around but you're still gonna call me 12 well, and ben he's still up in his room at 12 30 and he's got weights at six i hope you're hearing this i got i get a little sidetracked i'm on this new all or not all merit friday night lights tv series on netflix so i get a little carried away sometimes watching my netflix but you know I'm a teenage kid. I only get to stay up this late one time in my life. So you know what? I'm going to do as much as I can. You only get to stay up one time in your life, but you're going to do it every single day this school year. That's exactly right. You are exactly right. (laughs) No matter if I got a game or practice the next morning, it doesn't matter. Friday night, I could be going to play JV on Saturday. I'm staying up till 2.30 in the morning playing my Fortnite and COD with Clarky. Then we'll go to bed. And then you'll Snapchat me and say, 
I'm so tired, bro. Nope. I'll yeah, no, that's what you do. I will FaceTime Zoomer and tell him how tired I am, and then I'll send him a picture or something and be like, you're literally the coolest person I know. I, hey, Every story, time. he sends me a picture of him rapping, and I said, yeah, you know what, Dylan, you're so cool. But anyway, enough enough of this. Let, let's actually get into the to I why, we're, why we're here. We're kind of getting sidetracked already. But here's, here's the deal, Dylan. You, it's week one. Uh, just did my football picks with Clarky on the, the episode before this. Go check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, I picked Brian, but I'm going to be honest, Dylan. I know nothing about the Brian football team this year. So what can I expect to see from you guys as a team this year? Well, before I get into that, I just want to say that Clarky has been begging Zuver for uh-huh. about two and a half weeks <laughs> to do these picks. And thank God Zuver finally did it. But I think... I, I honestly don't know what to expect either. I mean, it's gonna all going to depend on what team shows up on Friday night. I mean, that comes with any team. But we had some big shoes we had to fill from the previous two years with obviously your class and all the talent that you guys had and filling holes like Caleb Kepler and Titus Rohr, guys like that. But I think I think we got something special, I think, this year that if we can keep everybody healthy, I think that's a big thing is staying healthy. If we can stay healthy and mentally focused and engaged in the weekly prep that I think the coaches put us through. I think we got a chance to make something happen this week. What is it like for you individually? You've played football now for a lot of years. They've stacked onto each other, and here you are now in your junior year. What is this year, your junior year, going to mean to you? I think this is just – I'm coming off an injury from last year. I think this is a big proving year for me because I missed all of last year and getting to show – the varsity coach is what I can really do and carry on the, and show them that I'm, I'm fit for the job. But I'm just taking it week by week. I show up to practice every day, playing my best, give them everything I got. But for me, it's just being a good teammate. I think I have, and you know, I have the smarts of the sports games, not just outside knowledge, but in the game, I think that's where I really succeed is with my knowledge of the game and my IQ. I think just helping everybody on the field that way, I think that's a big thing I can do this year. So, Brian always opens up with Van Wert week one. And outside of a couple years with, uh, you know, your Austin Schimmlers of the world, it's usually um, it's usually a Van Wert win. So, Right now, Dylan, tell me why going into this week, why how how can it be different this time around for you guys? I think this year we're two very balanced football teams and I think we match up really, really well together. I mean, they have some they grow them different down there, down in Van Wert, but I think overall I think our biggest thing this week has got to be the more disciplined football team and execute the way that we know how to execute and how we have been executing in practice. But I mean, it's always a dogfight. I mean, they lose Owen Trees, who was up for, I think he got second or third in the voting for Ohio's Mr. Football. Like, that's the whole state of Ohio, and he yeah. was one of the best players in the freaking state. But I think our biggest thing is we just have to play within ourselves and not give in to the hype of defending state champs are coming to town. I think that's the biggest thing for us is we got to maintain and keep low, keep lightheaded on that, and just we got to play our game. You know they're going to bring the whole town. I think my dad and I were talking this morning that he heard a th- rumor that 
when they sold state champion shirts the second time around, they they sold like three times as much as they did in December <laughs> when they won. Like their fan base is really good. They're gonna bring everybody, but I think we just can't give into that. That we got to play our game and stay within ourselves. You know, Brian, they got a good fan base too. I'm sure it'll be a lot of purple. There'll be a lot of red. It'll be you know a fun atmosphere for you guys on mm-hmm. Friday for sure. Uh, so. You're a, you're a quarter quarterback for the football team, and you play baseball as well. So we're going to dive into some challenges that you've had over your lifetime, Dylan. And uh, I did this with Caleb Kepler on the on the injury, the subject of injuries, uh, and I just had him name off some some injuries that he's had. So you go ahead, you have the floor here, and then and then we'll kind of dive in on what those were kind of like. Okay, so seventh grade year. Was playing baseball. I fractured my growth plate in my right elbow. That knocked me out for of baseball activity for, I want to say around six months before I was truly back to being a hundred percent where I really was supposed to be. And then same thing happened in my eighth grade year. I was just coming back on limited pitch count, and in the blink of an eye, there was another one. I broke my actual elbow bone on the tip of my elbow. I broke that. So that knocked me out. That one actually put me in a brace for a while. That was, and I think that eighth grade summer was big for me because that's kind of coming into the Acme, junior Acme time that I missed. But stepping up into freshman year, I think we didn't have a baseball season because of COVID. So we had no injury problems through football or basketball. I had COVID, took away my spring season of baseball. I played all summer, was injury free. Sophomore year of football came around. I broke my finger. And at this point, I'm just thinking it's one thing after another. Like, I can't catch a break. And then I got all healed up from that. I missed all football. Thought things were going great with baseball. I was on pace to play, be one of the starting pitchers in the rotation, do all that kind of stuff that I'd aspire to do. And then in January, I strained my UCL, which is the Tommy John ligament in my right elbow. That was, that's been the latest one that I've had. And ever since then, it's been kind of flaring up and acting up. But there's not a day it doesn't hurt. Like, I'll be honest, there's not a day I don't go through elbow pain. But at this time, at this point, it's just fighting through it. And I think Kepler probably talked about it in the previous one. But that's what makes us who we are. I mean, everybody tags you as the injury-prone athlete. But you just got to put that in the back of your head and keep pushing forward and fighting through those. Take me to, because uh, I remember the finger injury uh, and you kind of just coming to me as a friend, just saying like, hey, like I just feel like I missed out on so much because I didn't get to play football this year. What what was going through your head at that time when, you know, you were missing out on another season, this time it was football? Because uh, you had a close relationship to some of those guys mm-hmm. on that team. So uh Take me back to that and how low of a point that was for you. So what happened was is I played Friday night. I played a little varsity time. I don't know if you were there or not, but I played a little varsity that Friday night, and I played the second half, and I thought I played pretty well, enough to kind of get my feet in the door of maybe trying to compete for a starting spot as the weeks went on. And then I played Saturday morning in the JV game, and I dropped back to pass, and I went to throw, and I caught it on a kid's helmet, and I broke it right at the – Right at the uh, right at the joint in my knuckle, and I think 
me and the trainer talked about it in the middle of the game. I thought, all right, it's just like a little jam maybe. Like maybe that's too serious. It kept getting a little bit bigger. So then after the game, and I, I hate going to the ER for stuff like this. Like I've been in the ER for many things, and I just don't like going there anymore. So I went up to the ER, and they did x-rays, and they like, oh, no, there's nothing wrong. You'll be out for like a week or two, and you'll be back. I looked at my mom, and I said, Mom, I think there's something more wrong with that. So we went to Dr. Grothouse, who – is a great guy. I love, I love him. He's done a lot for yeah. me over the years, and I went and talked, doctor. went and talked to him, and he diagnosed that it was a stress fracture in my finger, and I needed surgery. And at this point, when he told me surgery, and I'm not the one to really cry about those kind of things, because like I'm, I'm not I'm just not like that. I don't really express my emotions like that. But I think that's the first time I've ever cried in a doctor's office because something that was at my fingertips was slipping away from me. But and then at the same time, being the person I am, I said I got to be there for those guys, for those senior, for those seniors, and I got to be the best teammate I can be. And that was my role was to. I made jokes about it. I was the iPad man. I carried the iPad around the sidelines, did everything I could to stay involved. But it's just dealing with previous injuries. It kind of made me realize that being able to fight through things the way that I do and still keep a maintain a level head is I'm very fortunate enough to have that in my life. But I think missing out on that season with Titus and Kep and Dakota and Cannon, those guys, they're probably some of my closest friends during football season. I think missing out with them, it really sucked, but I made the best that I could and were there for them and made sure they had a good season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And then baseball comes around and, you know, you obviously aspire to do really well in that sport. That's probably the sport you love the most, you care about. So take me take me through the, those couple injuries where it's just one thing after another in that sport where you're just kind of always dealing with something and how, how that affects you to a sport you love. So coming into my sophomore season, I was looking to play some third base and be a, one of the well, like the three pit, like the third pitcher in the rotation. Just when Brevin or Nolan weren't throwing a league game or something, I could step in and throw and maybe work my way into a league starter. I didn't know what was going to happen, but then I strained it my UCL in January, and that knocked me out for January, February, and March for sure. And coming back, I missed I missed the first few scrimmages, and I give a lot of credit to Coach I and Coach Walker. I mean, they were they were super nice with me, keeping helping me keep my level, my head and my head in the right place. Because I'll be honest, baseball is my first love, and being hurt and hurt more, you think why me? And you get so down on yourself, and life just life is just ending, and you're so upset about it. But those two coaches really played a huge role in keeping me up, and I think then I came on to try and D. I was going to DH a little bit. That didn't go so hot, so then I, I wasn't hitting as much. Uh, I had a really good doubleheader against Van Wert. I went 7 for 10 that day. I had a really good day at the plate, and then I think I was like 3 for my next 45 after that. Like I just didn't have a great spring. So I focused my part on my arm and getting back in the infield, and I'm not, I didn't really like playing the infield. I just wanted to pitch. That's all I really wanted to do. That's what I want to do in the future in college is pitch. I don't want to play the infield, but – I I focused my set in practice and my mindset of okay, that's God's giving you this hand of cards. You got to play them. So I just I did everything I could with my arm rehab. I got back to pitching at the end of the year. I threw against Oregon Clay and Defiance, two tougher teams. 
just to see what I was made of. I wasn't looking to go out there and dominate. I just wanted to get back my feet back in the door and show Coach I really what I had. And then I pitched a couple games in the summer, and then I tweaked it a little bit again. But it's it, you just have to learn to fight through adversity. I mean, that's what makes me the man I am today yep. and mentally tough and tougher than most people. And when you talk about adversity, Dylan, uh, you deal with something every single day off the field that doesn't have to do with elbow pain or anything like that. Uh, you are a, you, you have diabetes, and it is something that has started when you uh, started your walk on this earth, and it's it's followed you your entire life, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a pretty amazing thing to see all the things that you do with that hanging over you all the time. But what's it like, uh, Dylan? I mean, it's a very open-ended question, but how explain diabetes to people, the type you have, and just how, how you kind of just deal with it every single day? Yeah, um, I have type 1 diabetes, which is the worst part you can really have. I mean, my pancreas doesn't work at all and produce insulin or anything like that. So I wear an insulin pump every day, and I wear a continuous glucose monitor on my hip that can tell me what my number is every five minutes. Um, Technology has come a long way with dealing with the disease that I have. I went from not having anything to getting a dog for it that I have, and then now that the dog's more for emotional purposes, I think, personally, than anything. But I think the biggest thing with diabetes is it is what you make it. I mean, if you make it a huge deal about it and you're always complaining about it and making a huge deal, I mean, it's going to make your life miserable. I think the thing that my parents have stressed to me and that I try and stress to myself is is it's not – I'm no different than you or Dom or Clarky or Car, or Abduct, but that's just – it. you have to deal with it. And I think that that's the biggest thing for me is – just staying on top of it. It's an extra two minutes to pull my pump out at dinner and dose and give myself insulin. Like, And it helps that my friends are they're not jerks about it or douchebags about it. Like, They're all super backing of me and really accepted that, okay, my friend's different. Like, He's, he's not like us. He's, he's, his own, he's his own guy. But I think all credit goes out to my family about it, honestly. My mom, my dad, my brother, and... Yeah, my sister. I she she's a big <laughs> Shout help. Shout out Tay Dom. Tay Dom's a big help with it. She really is. <laughs> um, but I think I would say my brother really I think has helped me the most through everything, like with sports and everything. He's always checking up on me. If I go low in the middle of a game, or if mom's all worried, he's the first one to come down to the fence at a football game behind the track, right down by where Chet and Clarky stand, <laughs> yell at me and ask me if I'm all right and plug my pump in or something like that but I think just having him there on the sidelines with me it makes me more comfortable knowing that he's he's looking out for me uh this was really good in our first recording that we did take me through a game day uh at school just throughout the day and then actually on game day and what you have to monitor on a daily basis so a game day is pretty simple for me but it all really starts the night before so if I if my blood sugars are out of whack the night before I know that more than likely in the morning it's going to it's going to be a rough morning or a rough night but I just got to make so I'll wake up at so I go to early bird before school starts at about 6:30 I go in and lift 
and I'll wake up and make sure I get a good breakfast and as much as I hate eating breakfast as we talked about in the first one yeah I'm not a I'm not I, a morning guy I said I, I could not do diabetes very well because I don't eat a huge breakfast and it'd be a pain to try and chow down on a breakfast platter at six in the morning <laughs> the couldn't only, do it the only breakfast Zuber eats is when Kepler's got to bring in donuts on Friday for breaking Or when I have to bring in donuts for the shop at the parks because I broke something. A little off topic, but we can ask Zuber about that tree another time. But uh, I wake up and I go lift and then I come home and make sure my blood sugar's all right. And maybe I'll eat a little granola cereal bar or granola bar before I go to school. But hydration is the biggest thing for me on a game day because adrenaline rushes cause my sugar to go high. So when I, and I don't like it to be high cause then I got a headache and my mouth's all dry and I don't feel good. So just pumping fluids throughout the day and eating little itty bitty snacks to kind of keep it balanced with my good lunch. But I think when game time rolls around, we eat pregame meal, I take care of all of that. And then once pregame rolls around, I keep my pump on as long as I can. That's my thing is I got to keep it on as long as I can. Cause if I don't leave it on, then it goes high. So I'm fortunate enough that Coach Redhead is super understanding about diabetes because he had a player in Florida who had it too. Uh-huh. So he was super understanding about it. So I, I keep it on, keep my pads undone, or well, my shirt, jersey untucked so I can get to my port or whatever. But And then when it's my time to go in, I, they let me know. I take it off, and then I put it on. But as soon as I come back off the field, it goes right back on because, again, if I let it get out of hand, I play – what I like to call, well, now is my third sport. It's called catch up. I got to catch, try and catch back up with yeah. everything and get it back down. And then after a game, I usually tend to run a little bit lower because I haven't eaten in a while. So then it's really important for me to get a good snack or another, for me, another meal before I go to bed because yeah. how hungry I am after a game. And then you really have to watch in the middle of the night that night because I tend to crash from activity and all that kind of stuff. But that's really what a game day for football is really like. And that's that's about it. Yeah. Um, so take me to a time where, because uh, you know you you sit here and you say you know, well I try not to let diabetes get me down, and that's very admirable, Dylan. But there obviously has to be moments that, that stick out. Maybe one in particular, if you have more, tell them. But there's yeah. there's got to be times where you were sitting there going just like this is exhausting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. Like, yeah. Why Why is this happening to me? Um, I'd said, like, the one I said in the first one was is we were playing football my eighth grade year, and I got admitted in the hospital on Saturday night, early Sunday morning. I think that was a time that really I talked to my mom and dad a lot that week. That was the most mentally draining I think I've had with diabetes that week, and I couldn't keep my sugar up. I had the flu. I had pneumonia all in the same week, and I'm trying to go play a football game because it was our last league game, and we were playing for a league title, and I, I wanted to be out there with my guys and go get a win. But that was that was probably one of my roughest weeks. But I had another one. I think it was seventh grade year. We were playing at Tenor in basketball, and we're out there warming up before the game, and all of a sudden, this was back when Abduck had his perm, here comes little Ugh. here comes little Abduck running in the gym. Ugh. Here comes Abduck running in the gym with Mountain Dew Gatorade in my favorite, my Skittles. <laughs> and you would have thought it was for him, but it's actually oh, for I, you. I hundred percent thought it was for him. And I, I at that point, my phone was on the sidelines because I I have to have service with my phone to get my glucose readings to my parents. 
And here comes Abduct running across a gym floor, and Coach Walker's, like, flipping out. He's like, what the hell's happening? Like, here comes Dylan's brother running across the floor. Carter runs up, Dylan, your blood sugar's 46. And here I am in one of the bigger games of the year, and my blood sugar's 46 with two minutes to go on the clock and warm-ups. I'm sitting on the bench for the first five minutes of the game, and that was, that was a really point. That was back when basketball was probably my favorite sport, yeah. and I really enjoyed playing basketball. And we they come out of the gate, they knew I wasn't playing. They are absolutely whack. I think we scored three points in the first half. Yeah. I, we were just getting waxed, and I was thinking, God, this is all because I. And of course, I'm the one who likes to put it on me. Like yeah. that's all on me because my sugar went low and all this. But I think that was really the those two moments are probably the time that it, the most mentally yeah. draining. It's been for me, yeah. honestly. So you brought up how your brother is a huge part in all this. And one of the interesting things that I've pulled from our conversation is it reminds me so much of how I wish that I had, you know, I love my sister and I, mm-hmm. you know, she's great. But I wish I also, on top of that, had a brother uh, my age that could go play one-on-one in the driveway, go throw mm-hmm. the baseball, uh, you know, go hit do it do whatever you got to do yeah um how has that been and how take me through that and how because he's in in my opinion your brother carter is somewhat beyond his years because yeah he one he likes to act older than he actually is <laughs> that's number one he thinks he's smarter he than runs his mouth he actually is it's, yep it's but, abduct fashion but he uh he also is a very good athlete and he compares to a lot of guys even in your grade mm-hmm. so like how has that been for you so it all started back when we were younger playing baseball. Coach Brown was our baseball coach growing up, and Carter always worked out with us in the Betts building and doing. He did everything with us. I remember he was he was probably better than half the kids on the team, and he was a whole two and a half years younger than all of us. But as Carter got older, Carter got bigger, Carter got stronger than everybody else, and I didn't really know how he was going to take the whole working at it and everything. And I kind of worried me. And my I used to talk to my dad about it because I I. I, it was God-given talent to Carter, yeah. and he was very blessed with what he's got. And so we'd go out in the driveway, and you'd always have to fight. Like, Carl, let's go shoot hoops. Carl, let's go throw the football. Carl, let's go throw the baseball. And you'd, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. I'd rather go fish, or I'd rather go down to the airport and hang with Grandpa. or Ripping some, lips. Something like that. And that's just how Carter is. And <laughs> Carter loves to be outside with, with Grandpa and doing those kind of things. But lately, as high school sports has come along, I think – Ed Carter sees something, and he sees what him and I can do together on just specifically the baseball. I'll throw baseball yeah. out there because that's both of our favorite sports. And I can say, Carter, let's go hit at the cages, and he's right up off the couch. There he goes. Carter wants to go hit. Let's go outside and play one-on-one in the driveway, eight-foot rim. That's not going to get Young us much ball. better, but you know what? But it's fun. It's competitive. It's awesome. I mean, Zuver's been there. He's seen the cutthroat matches that go on in the Dominic driveway at 1130 at night and, with under the lights. And I win every time. Not all of us can be 6'5 playing on an eight-foot rim. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like it's unfair, but – no, the experience has been truly a blessing. Carter and I played our first season of baseball together this past summer, and it it this experience is awesome. As competitive as both of us are, when I'll I'll take it. We were playing defiance, and I made an error behind him, and Carter's never yelled at me before. And Carter he jumped me when I got back in the dugout, but and I I would have done the same to him yeah. because that's because we expect that kind of out of uh-huh. each other. And I think playing I don't get not many people get to say the that they played varsity sports with their brother in high school. And I'm just truly blessed to have the opportunity to play with Carter. And 
get to push him out on and off the field because I want him to I want him to be better than me. I mean, obviously I want to be great, but I want him to be better yeah. than me because I know I know how much he works at it and has worked yeah. at it over the years. It's a real shame he can't be here to talk about himself. Um, so moving we, on. We can talk about that at a later <laughs> time and why he's not here. Um, so really great discussion, Dylan. It was very insightful, uh, and I think people will take a lot from that. But um, let's – Let's see here. So on our last episode, again, if you haven't checked it out with Matthew Clark, go listen to it. He ranked his top Fortnite players in our friend group. Uh, Now, he was very generous and ranked you number one. But in this segment of this or that, I want you to do both of these. You're going to kind of break the rules here, but I'm letting you. Um, I want you to give the Fortnite rankings from our group. And then I also want you to explain... If you're ever gonna give Clarky his four four and explain the story of, okay. of of how that came to be. First I just wanna say Clarky knows his spot in ranking me one and that I run the friend group in Fortnite. But I I do have to agree, me and Clark do hold one and two. Me obviously being first when I have no lag from aim down and bend down on that stupid Netflix that they watch. Yellowstone and All American is what Ben Dom's kicking back and watching. It's just awful. I mean, you can ask Zuber can attest to this. I I'm the most when it comes to raging about lag in the Fortnite lobbies, but it that's besides the point. Like Zuver comes in there at three, and then after that, it really doesn't matter. Uh-huh. I can throw Dom, Abduct, and we'll throw Ev Forcox in just, there. You just start throwing out names after me. Of course, Ev Forcox, as Clarky says, always camping the border of the map uh-huh. up top. It's just scummy move on his part. But you know what? We'll throw him in there with those, with the other three. But Ab, I st- still solely believe that Abduct's only there to one make Dom mad and two get Clarky to leave. I mean, there's nobody else that makes Clarky leave more than me and Ab. We just team up on no, him, and Carter. it's just terrible, and it's just <laughs> bad. If we could insert the clips from the streams, yeah. you guys would get an absolute laugh oh, out of sure. it. Oh, for sure. But, yeah, I, it's a toss-up. I, Ab and Dom are definitely the worst yep. two players in the group. It's not even close. But definitely. the whole 4 for 4 thing, I... Clark, you're going to hate me for this, but I don't think I can afford the funding for this four for four. <laughs> it's four bucks. Clarky, four dollars is a lot for Dildon <laughs> to save over the time. Oh, jeez. I, I got my eyes on other things that I'm trying to save yeah. up for other than this four okay. for four, but I don't pay up on my bets, though, as Clarky would tell you. <laughs> but So the story behind that was is I've owed Clarky like four four for fours for the past like six months. I don't even remember the bets half the time, but here we are. For, for those of you who don't know, four for four is a deal at Wendy's. What do you get in a four for four? I think it's like a, a junior bacon cheeseburger, cheeseburger uh, nuggets, fries and nuggets, and, and a drink. And a drink, right. Yep. Clarky wants a Sprite from Wendy's, yep. but. The story behind that is, is we were playing an inter-squad baseball game, and I really wasn't playing because I really didn't need to. We just wanted to see the younger guys and see what they had, but we were sitting in the dugout, and Clarky, (laughs) 
Clarky is known for making concession runs at the most ungodly rate yep. you've ever seen in your doesn't matter yep. the time of day. Yep. Ten AM hot dogs. Ten AM hot dogs yep. on a Saturday morning when we're playing yep. Cardinal Stretch yep. last year. And yep. here comes Clark running back in with his same Brian hat on, his blue his you know those navy blue sweatpants that he always wears. Or, or those camo digital camo the digital yep. his anthony wayne camo shorts here he comes running in there and clarky's got his hot dogs double fisting with a sprite and reese's cup in his front pocket yep. but anyways it's like 5 30 on a thursday night and our coaches got me out here when i could be at the lake doing this inner squad scrimmage yep. so i figure i'll pick on clarky a little bit so I said, Clarky, you go to the concessions, you buy me and the coach a hot dog, and I'll buy you a four for four. And to this day, I still have not bought Clarky a four for four, and he calls me every yep. day about it, and I still haven't heard the end of it. But now I'm setting it in stone, Clark. I'm not buying you that four for four, all right? Man, cruel. Just cruel. And he's going to put it to rest right there and doesn't want to answer any questions about it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this, Dylan. Since you said how big of a Netflix watcher you are, name a, a show that you are watching right now or you have watched a kind of a, a content recommendation for our audience right now that you that you think would be good. I'm going to be honest. I don't watch it if it doesn't have to deal with sports. <sighs> if I'm going to be completely honest with all of you out there. I'm not a Netflix guy. But, I mean, if you're in for a good show all americans not bad can't if, go wrong can't go wrong with a little spencer james yep. and some you just root for everybody yep. the, I, the acting i've taught i think i've told you this it's not great the the writing not great but you just root for everybody you just to have succeed. to you just except asher adams asher adams is just a terrible person yeah yep. I mean, God forbid he uses illegal substances yeah. to try and steal this Unreal. Man's. It's just unbelievable. It just <laughs> blows my mind. Um, as we wrap up here, Dylan, uh, shout-outs. I'll go first this yep, time. You go first, uh, Your dad, Ben Dominic, my boss. I am screaming to the heavens, please hang my hat, my shirt, something in the rafters next to John Hall's uh, Brian soccer <laughs> Cut off the shirt. gray cut off. It's such a legendary shirt. Please hang that in the rafters. I don't care where you put it next to the weed eaters in the back above the gator. I mean, whatever it is. Um, please, I, I, I think my legacy, I hope my legacy lives on forever there. So, shout out Ben Dominic for employing me the last two years, and I'll see you next summer, maybe. The first podcast, I shouted out Dom, but I don't think that was very appropriate for the time being. But wow, Dom. I, I love Dom, but I don't, we don't need to get into an argument about why I shouted him out. But yeah. I think, I don't know if Benny listens to this, but Ben Roebuck just had Tommy John surgery. Yep. Going through going through a lot of stuff right now. I just hope Ben gets a good fast recovery and everything goes well for him at Kent State this year and then he gets back to where he was before because I think I believe he's got big things coming for him especially after how he was pitching this summer. So I would just shout out Benny. Get well, bud. We're praying for you back here in old B-Town. Absolutely. Uh, Dylan, really good conversation. Thanks for uh, coming back a second time. I don't think 
that I'm going to have a way of messing this up this time. So I promise you, you won't get a call saying, please come back. I deleted it. You can go home. You can go to bed, but I know you probably won't do that. You'll probably go to bed at one o'clock. Nope, I got math homework to do. Ah, Netflix to watch. Shout out Julie Cummins. Yep. Great lady. Well, you <laughs> don't know where I'd be without her. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.